Hello again, everybody. This is Virginia here with the Casey Leaders Podcast. And today, my fantastic guest is Clarissa Knighton with Rissa's Artistic Design. Um, she is one of Kansas City's uh, latest um, sparkles that has started to shine in, in the uh, fashion and jewelry world. So we're going to be talking about a lot of um, her artistic pieces and um, I'm just going to trail off because I don't know where I was going with that statement. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to jump into that. Um, Clarissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Okay. Would you tell us, um, for our audience members, who, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me. Um, I'm Clarissa Knighton. You can Google me at any time. Brissa'sArtisticDesign.com. Uh, social media. Facebook is the same. If you go to Instagram, it's Rissa's, R-I-S-S-A-S, underscore, artistic, underscore, design. You could even call me, 816-853-9954. Anybody can call me. My number's out there. But yeah, that's it. So tell me, tell me, um, who who were you in the corporate world? What, what world did you come from? Because I <laughs> think it was marketing. So my job was in the marketing department. Okay. But I actually paid broker commissions. Okay. I pay I paid the brokers that sold um the insurance. Mm -hmm. Okay. For the people. Okay. So, All right. Uh, without me saying the name of no, that no, company. No, that's fine. I was just uh, kind of curious what yeah, your background so my, was. My background was um is finance. Mm -hmm. And again, I was responsible for a little over eight million dollars a month wow. in payouts. Wow. Yes. One person. That's that's um, that was me. That's a little bit of stress. It's a little stressful. A little stressful. And when I left that department, it was it had become a department of four or five. Mm -hmm. But that was just like my previous job. I was in when I first started with the company. I was in billing mm -hmm. department of one. When I left that department a year later, it was a department of nine. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> so, change. It's a big change. But for me. Um, I've always been good with numbers, mm -hmm. and so I kind of fell into fell into that because I don't have a college degree. I don't have a background in that, but um, my boss at that time did it for um, 14 years, and she said she got burned out about year 10. Yeah. So at year 10, she asked me, was I okay? Looking and out for she's you. looking out for me. I actually did that job for 14 years. Yeah. Before I moved over to the IT department. In yeah. IT, um, I was a quality analyst. So everything that dealt with basically commissions, mm -hmm. my old job, mm -hmm. ran through the warehouse. I was just from one side of the team to the other side of the team. Mm -hmm. But I could speak both languages yeah. of the IT world and the layman marketing world. You were one of the, you were one of the unicorns. I used the unicorn. <laughs> I was a unicorn by all means. But that's what I that's what I did. I did that for 19 years. And then art. Art. Um, so my jewelry started in 20, 2007, which is the same. It's kind of ironic because um, I started jewelry in July of 07. I cut my hair off in September of 07. Okay. So all of my clients, jewelry clients, unless they knew me before, They've never seen me with hair. Right. At all. Right. So it's like who I am. And that's why I said trying to find that artist vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, 
They found the artist they live. They found the artist live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just trying to remake who I am because one of the um, the bios that you probably didn't see was a recent one that but another artist and I wrote. Mm-hmm. I left corporate America one pantsuit at a time. Nice. I like that because one. Because I had um, over 200 suits. Yeah. I wore suits and dresses every day. That's what I was comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So when I transitioned six years ago to being a full-time artist, I kept all the suits. When I first transitioned over, I kept all the suits. Yeah. I gave a couple away here, a couple away there, just in case. It was like a crutch saying, just in case this artist thing doesn't work for you, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go back and buy a whole new wardrobe. So it was my safety net. Yeah. And then I finally said, no, you're not going to go back. Regardless of what happens, you're not going back. So let go of that part of you. Sounds like it was just your, uh, it was my, it was my, it was my safety. Yeah. Those suits were my safety. Yeah. Well, it was a world that you knew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. all of a sudden you're in, you're in doing your own thing. You're, you're in a whole nother craft right. in terms of the art world. Mm-hmm. You're creating jewelry, which mm-hmm. is, you know, incredibly subjective at the same yes. time. Yes. And you jumped into your own business. Mm-hmm. So you're calling the shots and, you know. Everything. Oh, that is a whole. Everything. No wonder you kind of went for the whole, yeah. like, visual rebuilding. Yeah. I just had to. I And I love I love my Justins. I love my boots. Wear them all the time. So much so that this one just, these just came back from the, uh, from Henry down at Overland Park to repair because why are my feet getting wet all of a I was sudden? Did you get a resold? I had to get a resold. Because <laughs> who flips their boots over to look at the bottom? You don't. You don't. You but know. when you wear them all the time, I think you should. Yes, definitely. You should. So um, I went through, I bought like, I don't know, 10 or 12 pair of Chucks because mm-hmm. I love Chucks too mm-hmm. now. Yep. Before I didn't. So I was wearing chucks a lot and with my jeans and chucks with my dresses and chucks with whatever. I'm like, okay, who I'm still defining who I am, yeah. redefining who I am. Yeah. But this vibe right now with the glasses and the boots and the jeans, I'm feeling it. And these jeans are about to get pimped out. Awesome. I'm putting um embroidered uh, patches all over them. Are they part of your designs? Like your jewelry designs? Not yet. Uh-huh. Going there, uh-huh. <laughs> going there, uh-huh. going awesome. there. But yeah, I'm just you carry really... it very well. You Thank look you. very comfortable. Thank you. In in your in your artist skin. Thank you. So Thank you. That's um, I think that's very enviable for a lot of artists. Yeah. And that kind of I want to I want to move that into um, just kind of from that realm. You in one of the articles I read about you, it was talking about you being a role model, and uh, you know, nobody likes to think of themselves mm-hmm. as I'm a role model. You know, we've been taught not to be proud of that. Right. But for so many, and I'm coming at this really from the art angle, okay. y'all who are listening, um, there are so few, I think, role models for artists who are trying to be, they're trying to be something. They're not quite sure who. They're right. trying to find their voice. They're right. trying to figure all that out. And then we're trying to tell them to turn that 
that passion into a business. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole other skill set around mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the Kansas City leaders, right. like you really fall into that category as somebody to look towards. And that's not for the that's not the pressure or the stress, but right. how amazing it is for this community up here. There's so many artists up here to have somebody in their backyard to look to and say, man, she did it. How'd well, you do that? You know, um, that's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it it is a lot. And the first time that I was called a mentor, mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to hear that. Mm -hmm. I, I was not. But when I stepped back and thought about what he was saying to me, I am because I was in corporate America and I enjoyed, loved my job, mm -hmm. enjoyed what I did immensely. And then you transition to doing this art and I don't know where it's going to go. I think it's here, mm -hmm. but then it, I meet someone and it expands here. And then I meet someone, they like, <clears throat> oh, I just, I just quit my job. I'm ready to, to do my art full time. Of course, I'm ready to do this. I have to say, wait a minute. I was prepared financially to do it because I didn't have any debt mm -hmm. other than our basic car and home. Right. No credit card debt. So I tell people all the time, look at your finances before you make that leap. Start planning toward it now. If you think you want to do it in five years or next year, what in your life can you cut out? Can you trim back? Um, you're eating out. Can you trim back here? Because once you make that leap, you're in it. And do you want to go back? Do you want to go forward? Um, I'm an open book, and I think that's why people call me a mentor. I'm an open book. You ask me a question, I'm going to be transparent with you and tell you exactly what my struggles were, what I went through, health insurance, no health insurance. Fun topic. <laughs> no health insurance. You get insurance. It's, it's too much. You have to let it go, come back. All of these things, you're your own marketing. You're your answering service. You are, you're everything, researcher. So I think it's just because I'm very authentic and I'm very open. You can ask me anything and I will give you my honest opinion. Might not be the one you want to hear might not be what you're ready for now, but it's in your, in your wheelhouse for when the time comes. Mm -hmm. And I do have artists stop by and ask me, again, that door knock, that shoulder tap, can we talk? Mm, not right now. You can schedule the time to take hey. to talk to me because that's an interruption breaking of my flow. So um, I had a designer call me yesterday or send me a message, Clarissa, can we talk? I said, we can talk at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure about 8 a.m. We can talk at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Other than that, I'm available in October. Respect my time. Yeah. Put a lot of work into having some boundaries happen to you. <laughs> I have. Good for I you have. for protecting them. I have. It works for did, you. I didn't always protect it. Mm -hmm. I got into a rat race of just running with everything. Anytime someone called or I felt like I had to stop and talk mm -hmm. every single time because I didn't know where it was going to go. Well, now I know that what's meant for me is going to happen. And that's, this might not be the time. What was the moment for you where you saw that vision just kind of go, 
and clarify. And you're like, it's time for the jump. Um, was there a moment or was it a planned process? So about, so I left corporate in 2017. So about 2012, so that would have been five years prior. Um, my current, my supervisor at that time had left. She had been there 20 some odd years, moved to California with her husband. And she's like, Chris, you got to get out of there. You've got to get out of there. And I, I said, I'm not going to do it. I can't do this. This is, this is push. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm not ready. She says, there's something bigger for you. And that's, this is not where you need to be. And it took me all these years to find that out. So for me, I knew I was supposed to leave. God had already showed me that I was supposed to leave. I just wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. And um, things start happening. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, Clarissa. And he pushed me out. <laughs> a department, department of eight. Who gets let go on a Monday? Mm-hmm. Who gets let go on a Monday? Our entire department was outsourced on a Monday morning. Wow. And I was the first one. We all met as a group and were told. And um, I was the first one that they talked to because I had 19 years of service. And, but there are people that had 28 years of service, too. But why? Why did they talk to me first? It's because of the influence that I had within different departments within the company. And so um, that moment that we were let go, I never shed a tear that we were let go. I helped other people and, you know, it's going to be okay, whatever the case is. And um, it wasn't until I got home and called a friend and told her what had happened because she had just asked me to come work for her. Mm-hmm. And I told her, no, I wasn't ready to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I just... Um, that it was that moment that I said when they pushed us out the door and I said, I'm not going back. I'm going to make this work. And then as things lined up, it was the first time that I was able to do Kansas City Fashion Week. Yes. And by doing that show, it opened up so many doors for me. Which was amazing, by the which way. Which was amazing. Saw some Thank pictures. You. Thank yeah. You. Like, yeah. Phenomenal. It, it opened up some doors for me and it led to another fashion show that landed me getting a ceiling piece, a permanent installation in the museum. Yeah. So each thing has been stair-stepped onto on the other. So I can't say what it was exact moment, but I can say that I recognize when I'm in a transition, and I'm in a transition right now. Yeah. I don't know where it's going, but I know that I'm in one. Okay. Yeah. That's But knowing that you're in it lets you kind of navigate those mm-hmm. waters Differently, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not struggling against it so hard, but you could see where it takes you, right? Clarissa, how how did tell us how you ended up in Kansas City? Um, short story. Short story. My parents divorced, and we came to Kansas City. That's a short story. That's a short story. Okay, but you stayed here. <laughs> yeah, so I did. I what, did. What what were you, what were your reasonings behind choosing to stay here? Well, um, after high school, I. Had, a, had an apartment here, working, had my son, mm-hmm. and I left Kansas City at that time because I figured I was, I was running. Mm-hmm. I was running and got a job, and the job in retail 
sent me, transferred me to Kansas City. <laughs> Literally. So they, they called you back. So I came back here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's nothing exciting, but that's just what it is. No, no. Everybody's okay. got to come from somewhere. <laughs> okay. This is your origin story. Right. It's like, what, what, right. what brought you here? What made you stay, more importantly? And what made me stay is, again, my family. I have family here. Yeah. And the Midwest is just comfortable. Yeah. At that time. Didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I was in my 20s and had my son. And then I got married and his family was here. And It's a good place to raise family. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it is. What um you so you've kind of made some waves here as um as a, a jewelry designer and an artist, I would say, mm-hmm. because I've seen your pieces and this is not like um this is not like commercial typical jewelry. No. These no. are statement right. artistic pieces. Right. They bring in a bunch of different mixed media. Um, I saw some that have like wire coils mixed with shells, mixed with different coins, uh, different wood pieces, like really beautiful pieces. How, how did you get into that? Because you came from the corporate world. Right. And now you're here and you are, you are establishing yourself <laughs> as the artist. So um, I didn't start. I started off doing just a simple strong necklace. I used to go to the city market. Mm-hmm. Uh, downtown Kansas City every Saturday morning, and I would sit with this jewelry artist because I was buying her work. Mm-hmm. And then one day she said, "You, you really need to do this, and I'm not going to sell to you anymore. Okay, you need to make jewelry." And I'm like, "Whatever." So I sat with her for another year every Saturday morning, and she wouldn't sell to me. <laughs> but at the same time, I was in therapy, mm-hmm. and my doctors wanted me to do different, something different with my hands because I battled with depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to the, the market with her, a gym show. I bought one strand of beads. I was intimidated because there was so many people and so much going on. I strung the necklace, and then the next week I went back, and she said, now here are the tools that you need to buy. And I bought them, and I started and then she became my client. And then I don't know what happened to her after that. So I think that she was in my life for a specific reason to get me started. But it wasn't until six years ago when I started designing full time mm-hmm. that I let go. And I say I was able to uh, exhale and start creating from my heart of what I wanted to create. Mm-hmm. At that time, I started riding bikes. I'm a full-time artist. How do, I, how do I get some more money coming in for different areas? So you'll see, when you look at my work, you'll see uh, bike chain pieces. I have seen some of where those. I, yeah. Where I open up, open up the bike chain and put a stone in and put it back together or use some of the, the bike pieces in with buttons and found objects. And again, mm-hmm. it just kind of happens uh my sister child my girlfriend sherry challenged me with the tree branch and like do something with this mm-hmm. and next thing you know i have the ceiling piece at the kansas city museum and that's what got you in with the kansas city mm-hmm. museum mm-hmm. um it was a tree branch piece that came down the runway right. for west 18th street fashion Show. that's right yeah they were um I, I saw the one with the antler okay the, the lady was holding and i know there was there was yeah. a lot of different so that particular series, I did a runway series, and it was um, all earth-related tree branches and deer antler that was sliced 
Mm-hmm. And um, matter of fact, I delivered a, a, a deer antler piece today to a client. Very cool. A very large piece. And again, you said statement, and they are they're works of art. I tell people if you think that you um, can't wear my work, it can be displayed in your home as art. Oh yeah, you definitely get that piece. I mean, yeah. like looking yeah. at them, these look like museum quality pieces mm-hmm. that would be mounted and hung or yes. displayed in certain ways. Yes. So uh, did you? Did you always see yourself as a jewelry maker, creative person? I wanted to be an architect. Okay. And then after architecture, uh, I had my high school was all mapped out. I wanted to be an architect. I was going to go to the um, Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy, because my dad's Air Force. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was going to do this. And um, if I couldn't be an architect, then I wanted to be a draftsman. None of that. But now I'm coming back to it. Yeah. And even as a little girl, I think, um, not I think, but in, in high school, I made all my clothes. Oh, wow. So really? on Sunday night, on Saturday night, I made a ch- outfit for church on Sunday, almost every week. That's incredible. So I thought maybe I'd go into fashion. Mm-hmm. Thought no more about it until someone was talking to me about this this summer. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me, Clarissa, you have been a designer all your life. Architects are designers and um, draftsmen, designers. Sewing Mm -hmm. is a designer. Creating my own outfits, taking patterns apart and putting them together. Yeah, that's hard to do. a designer. And (laughs) so jewelry. Jewelry is what came about. Why jewelry for you? I know you said you wanted to do something with your hands, but there's lots of things. You could have painted. You could have so, sewn, crochet. I, um, I'm a charcoal artist, too. I don't show charcoal because I used it for a number of years with therapy mm-hmm. because I had nightmares a lot. So we used my charcoal sketches to help me through that mm-hmm. and got away from it. So I'll sketch every once in a while mm-hmm. now if I'm really struggling with something or just a doodle. Mm-hmm. But um, jewelry, I think just because I needed to keep my hands busy and that was something that I could do to keep me busy. Mm-hmm. And um, I would go places like right now I have my backpack with me and in my backpack in case I was uncomfortable, I have wire and a crochet needle mm-hmm. and tools here that I can work while we talk. Right, right. For those of you who who aren't watching this, but instead are just listening, um, I want you to go to uh, Clarissa's website. It's uh, Rissa's Artistic Design, and it, it's Rissa's Artistic mm-hmm. And check out some of the pieces because they are they're made. I, just go check it out. Okay, they look like sculptures. It's awesome, and you can wear them. Um, You've got a different series. Like you said, your bike chain one, you've got a found series. You've got some, I think there were like the gallery collection. When you're, when you're looking at creating these, are you coming at this from a, I want to make this and bring it into the world? Or are you inspired by pieces that you see and it creates itself with you? Does that make sense? That does make sense. Um, I am... So I had all this wire, copper wire, given to me for a project that I was doing, and I was stripping the plastic off of this wire and untwirling it. 
if you don't know this, electrical wire has like yeah. 12 or 13 pieces yeah. of copper laying in it. Mm-hmm. So I stripped it all off and put it together. Well, from that, I had all this extra copper. What are you going to do with it? Create Make something. something pretty with it. Make something pretty with it. <laughs> Make something pretty with it. And so that's what I would do. Um, I fell in love with tree branches, and then I found several people that have the corkscrew tree branch and Henry Ladder tree branch, which is a tree branch that grows um, very curly. It mm-hmm. has lights and knobs and it's left and it's right and it's twi- intertwined and um, make something small and wearable. You have your runway, your big stuff, but make yeah. something that every, that I could wear every day if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at things that I have, how can I put it together in a, in a beautiful statement? You seem to be doing a lot of that with um, kind of paying it forward in some of these arenas and mm-hmm. in, in helping to to shape the community around you. Um, in, uh, in, in terms of your personal experience uh, here in Kansas City, is there a specific lesson or something that has shaped um, your perspective in your career? Um, I'm going to go back to shaving my head. Okay. That is a big one. So I've been a big advocate for um, an organization everybody's heard of. It's called Locks of Love. Yes. Been around a long, long time. And I would stop people at work in corporate America and on the street walking and ask them, "Have you? your hair is absolutely gorgeous. Have you ever thought about donating some of it to mm-hmm. Locks of Love? And when I start researching it as an African-American woman, we don't donate our hair. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to make a wig from my hair, it had to be at least 10 inches. That was going to take it down to the scalp. In March of 2007, I said, I'm going to cut my hair. I told my husband at that time, I said, I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to donate it. And he's like, okay, what are you going to do? Came and I found a barber that I wanted, and he was on board with it. And I said September 1st. I just picked a date, random picked a date. Okay. September 1st. And I cut it September 1st. And I say, when you talk about organizations and giving back, I found an organization that I could give back to. I encouraged people for years to to donate, but I wasn't donating. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing it. So I needed to do it to show uh, my giving spirit. Since then, I found out there was organizations with cancer patients that I could have given it to locally. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's education. That's awareness. Um, I just feel like in a community, we find where we're passionate about and give back and help people find what they're passionate about. If you're passionate about um, cleaning shoes, Mm-hmm. there's somebody, there's a senior, there's an elder that can't bend over to clean their shoes or to tie their shoes. Go do it for them. Yeah. So find, find a way. And Kansas City has so many opportunities for us to just engage and help one another or just talk. Yeah. Sometimes people just need somebody to listen to them. They don't need any answers or guidance. They just, they just need to talk it out and hear themselves and be confident in it. That's one of your, um, that's one of your kind of core values, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's listen more, talk listen less. more, talk less. Yeah. 
how how does that, how did that show up for you? Like, why is that an important lesson? I mean, everyone everyone says it, you know, right. but how does that manifest for you as a as something that's valuable and important? Um, I I've always been quiet until something hits me and I'm really excited about it, and then I'll talk nonstop. But when you um, when you listen to other people, you find out one where you're not areas that you can improve upon. And then you find areas within yourself that you can, you have something within your core that can strengthen them. Or for me, because of battle with depression, you might be talking to me about your sister or your brother that's bipolar or schizophrenic. And I give you two little words that will help change the whole trajectory of your relationship with that sibling or that, that child. So um, if you just listen and let people talk, take in what they're saying, if it's something that you need to keep, then you deposit it in your toolbox. If it's something for someone else's toolbox, you give it to them a little bit later on. But that's the way I look at it. hope that answered your question. That's, you absolutely did. <laughs> okay. That's a great way of looking at it. Okay. That's, there's no right or wrong answer okay. to any of these. There's so many different people on the planet that we're just, I think you have to take in a lot of different things and for people to understand how the options that they have and how they want to lay their life out, you know, you have to be able to look at what all is out there. Right. And if you can't see it or if you've never been exposed to it, or if you don't go looking for Mm -hmm. it, then there's no wrong answers out here. Yeah. Be intentional. I say, that's one of the things I like to say is be intentional, Mm -hmm. be intentional with everything. That has come up a lot just in this conversation since mm-hmm. you sat down and we started yeah. talking. I'm hearing yeah. the intentional. Intentional. I, I am I am all about intentionality and where it's going, what it can do for me. Um, and it causes me to pause. What's your what's your cause to pause? Okay. Yeah. What happens? What's your cause to pause? How is it that Rissa's artistic design and that intentional purpose that you bring to the table, how is that helping to make Kansas City a better place to live and work and be? Because it's bringing people together that would normally not be put together. Okay, talk to me about that. <laughs> so where my studio is, at Inner Urban Art House, mm-hmm. downtown Overland Park, is 19 studios, great atmosphere. I intentionally have clients come to my studio and meet me there because I have a couple other studios as well that they or places that they can meet me at. Mm-hmm. But I have them come there because it's an experience. They get to see not only me and my element, but depends on the timing, they get to see another artist and their element. Artists that are retired and now full-time artists. Artists that have always been artists. Artists that are working in the corporate corporate America. Mm-hmm. And have a studio in the evening and they're putting in their hours. Mm-hmm. They're doing their work. They're getting getting their stuff done. So I'm bringing uh, people together that normally would pass may not ever cross. Mm-hmm. Or here's a good one for you. I met a gentleman via phone. He says, he's. I've been looking for you for a year, Clarissa, to do this ceiling sculpture in Pittsburgh, Kansas. We meet, we talk, we become great friends. Last week, he and his partner 
went into Swanky's Interior Design, where my work is also at, and one of the owners knew his partner. Huh. What's that? What are the odds of them coming in, knowing me, mm-hmm. and we all they all meet together, and these guys go back 15, 20 years? Mm-hmm. So it's the bringing, I'm a... I never thought of myself as a connector of people, but I am a connector of people. I have people that are connectors from a spiritual aspect, mm-hmm. but I think I'm a entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, culture, artist connector mm-hmm. because I have all kinds of relationships with different people. I think it's interesting that through art, you're able to attract like, like the the variety of people could be a hundred different types of people oh, yeah. and they all love your art and it's something about your art that's the same in all of them and that thread it's the thread yeah it's the it's the thread it's the thread i met a lady in studio yesterday came to buy a gift for someone that's a client that i met in person mm-hmm. for the first time this summer and it was the extra step because right now in society, there's no more customer service. Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh, we have talked about this there's a no lot. More, there's no more customer service. And so she came to my studio. She sent me a mess, a beautiful email. We arranged time for her to come in. She came in. Um, I had a feel for what the person wanted anyway from things that she had been buying from um, my website. Mm-hmm. So I showed her a few items. But prior to that, I had already told her in the message. She said, I need to get in the mail next week. It's her birthday. And I said, bring your card with you. We'll package it, and we'll drop it in the mail. My studio is right next door to the post office. And so she came in. She picked something out. She watched me wrap it up. I said, um, let me just plug in her address. I already had her address mm-hmm. because I've shipped stuff to her. So where's your card? She put her card in there. And... Done. We taped it up, and she's like, well, I'll run it to the post. I said, oh, I got it. You can go ahead and go. I got it. I'll just walk <laughs> it over here. So, again, that was my first time meeting her. She's coming back the first part of October to purchase another birthday gift and start looking at Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. you got a true believer. I have a, I have, I have a, a new thread, a new follower yeah. that's going to share her experience in my studio with someone else. So internet, all that is great, but word of mouth is still the most powerful tool that there is. What are, um, what would, what are some pieces of advice you have for, for some of our listeners, some of those entrepreneurs who are looking to maybe make the jump? Um, for the entrepreneurs that want to make the jump, want to make the leap, look at your lifestyle, look where you can trim back. Um, Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Mm, That's a good one. Put yourself, um, I would go to art shows a lot, very uncomfortable. But I go to them to learn. I go with a focus to learn. So I would say surround, even if you're not an artist Mm -hmm. uh, like me, but if you have a passion, you want to start this new business, I'm going to say surround yourself with the people that you want to be like. Meet those people. If you don't know them personally, 
follow them on social media, follow their, listen to podcasts like this to get to know other artists, other people, other other entrepreneurs doing what you want to do. And even if it's not what you exactly want to do, you can still pick up from them. So basically, I'm just saying. Definitely. Meet people. Yeah. Meet people That's and hard to do, though, sometimes. I it mean, is. It we, is. I was at a networking meeting this morning, and one of the, the, the things the guy talked about was every day it is hard to go into that door and go, hey, I'm so-and-so. and Because you're vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying. You're vulnerable. <laughs> and they could either look at you and receive you well or not. Yep, yep. And you can, I mean, as a woman of color, I've walked in many rooms and um, not been seen. Mm-hmm. Not been seen. So now it's like, you're going to see me because you see my glasses, you see my bald head, you see my cowboy boots. You see, see there's something work. different. Yeah. There's something different going on. Yeah. Who is she? I want to know. I walk into rooms all the time and say, I want to know who that person is. But I also play a game. Can I tell you a game tell I play? Tell me the game. So the game I play to, for those that are uncomfortable in networking, uncomfortable in networking, everybody that has on a blue shirt, you have to speak to them before the <laughs> night's over. Every every person in that room that's blonde, you need to speak to them. That's a good game. Introduce yourself to them. So before I walk into a room, if I'm really having anxiety about going, before I walk in there, I pick out a, a shirt or um, shirt color or hair color or hair color pants, whatever, before I walk in. Because mm-hmm. once you get in there, yeah, you can make you, it you up. You can't fudge it. So can't fudge it. So <laughs> before I go in, I say, this is what I'm going to do. And that has helped me as an introvert, extrovert, mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it. Yeah, that's, and then you get to know you get to know people. It's definitely that's a that's a much better game than I want to try and collect X amount of business cards. You know, that's yeah. there's different ways to do it, and you know, different different applications apply to different people. Right, absolutely. But but having an opportunity for something different is always nice too. Absolutely. Or going into a fashion show, you think everybody's friendly in the fashion show. That's not true. And you're standing off, you see someone standing off by themselves, go over and talk to them, you know? It's like that wallflower, the school dance, Mm -hmm. you know? You don't want to be a wallflower, but you don't want to jump out there either. So let me go, let me help you. Let me go find you. So that might be my game for the day is that I'm going to go find that person and then we're going to together go find somebody else Mm -hmm. that's by themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a uh, a quote that I read about you that said you had your hope is that excuse me your your dream is that when somebody owns one of your pieces and they pass down your creation to their children that they pass along a story of hope. Could you talk on that just a little bit, or just touch sure. on that? Um, where, where does the hope come from? What is the like what is the story you want people to have with that art piece? Each when I create um I'm sorry. 
That's okay. Uh, sometimes I create from a very, I don't want to call it dark. Yeah. Right. Create from a, a place of pain. Yeah. And um, I survived. I want them to know that she stepped on on faith, stepped on on faith, and worked her passion. And so can you. So yeah. can you, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. If you just, if your passion is that you want to be the best wife that there ever has been, then do that. You know, in, in my work, when others hold my work or carry my work, I want them to know that they're carrying a part of me, a special part of me. Because I no longer, as of this year, prior to this year, I will admit I created work to sell because mm-hmm. I'm single. Mm-hmm. You know, I need an income. It's, I have a studio. It's I have okay. a this. I it's have a that. It's part of a business. <laughs> so it is, It is. you know, I created to sell. But now in 2023, I decided to create with intentionality. I only create things that I love. And if I don't love it, I set it aside. I don't show it. And I might break it apart mm-hmm. before I would never break apart work. I have put too much time and money into this piece. I am not breaking it apart. No, you're creeping into artist territory. So this is, ooh, this, so. I mean, this is that space where you really get to explore and, and, and yeah. make, take some actions that yes. Yes. really fly in the face of what a lot of people would tell you to do. Right, right. But good for you. So that's what I want. I just want people to um, know that this artist didn't go to college. She was not professionally trained. Um, she was in corporate America, and she's working her passion, and she's doing well. Um, I just want, I want my story to be shared. And she battles with depression, and she battles with the eating disorder. I got not a whole lot anymore, but, um, but I've had struggles. Part of the package. And it's the package, and we all have struggles. Yeah. We all have them. Yeah. I think that's a really... Yeah important message. I want to say valuable, but um, there's so much of a culture of, of you can't do it or you have to hustle to do it. you got to work. But I think um, for me personally, I think some of the most poignant art pieces are the ones that you look at and they they make you feel something. Maybe right. they make you cry right. and you're right. not quite sure why. Right, not sure why. Yeah, maybe it's the beginning of the Lion King every <laughs> single time. I don't know why it happens, but it does. But it does. And it and it's curious, like, what is that in me that's coming out? Right. And to share that message of hope and and build that little piece of you into that is is something that I think is so human and often so lost. Right. That that I don't know that a lot of people even ever get to connect to it in that way. So for me, I think that's a really beautiful piece about this is that what you're creating, while it's jewelry and it's art and it falls mm-hmm. into that, it also can help shape how the person presents themselves. Absolutely. And moves through the air, you know, and yes. that's power. One of my things uh, that I say often is, if you don't want to talk, don't wear my work. If you need to talk, want to talk, where my work? Because as an introvert, um, people, I have a lot of introverted customers, clients, 
And they're like, Clarissa, every time I wear your work, I give you a business card out. I, I, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, I need to talk to, I've got to tell them <laughs> where your website is because they're stopping me. And I said, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're drawing people to you. Because sometimes I don't want to go and talk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go, but um, make them come to me. And that's what my work does. That's really my cool. work is, is conversations. Yeah. That's and, some and amazing stuff. And you said miniature sculptures, and that's what I always called them. Just recently, another artist told me, those are studies. Those are called studies, Cloris. I said, I'm not a painter. So I don't know what it's called studies. I call them sculptures. They're be- I think they're beautiful. Thank it's you. It's a nice um, – years and years ago, I had a friend um, – who, who like to make chain mail jewelry. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know. It's an art. It's an art. It's a, it's it's a an cool art, thing. Tedious art. <laughs> and I start, I saw tiny remnants of that in, in one of your pieces with mm-hmm. the shells and the blue coils. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, there it is. Just there's that little, the potential yeah. that, that blossomed into what you've picked up and you've done with it. Right. So I fawned over your art long enough. I'm sorry. Um, let's come back to is there an initiative or a project either within your career or, or outside that, mm-hmm. uh, that you're particularly proud of or that, that you want to share with, with our audience? Um, initiatives. What is it in your life that people need to know about? What's going to make them better people? Make them better people is to come to Inner Urban Art House. Okay. And support all of these artists that are there. Okay. All these artists. There's a lot, a lot to see there. Um, come check that out with me. It is just following me on social media, my website, get on my, get on my email list. Okay. I send the email out once a month, just letting people know what I have going on, okay. what I have coming up. Sometimes I have videos like this podcast. Whenever I get it, it will be embedded into one of my newsletters. So it will go out to the clients that way. Awesome. Um, I don't have anything. I applied for a couple of residencies. I did not get them. But guess what? It's okay that I didn't get it because it wasn't meant for me. Yeah. And those that I applied to, I sent um, a thank you. And I sent my package to a couple artists that get them all the time. Mm-hmm. Ask them to review it. I can just keep trying. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. People always also ask me, what's my, what's my next step? I don't know. Okay. I don't know because it's wherever, whatever doors God opens up for me, it's well, where you, I'm going to go. You said earlier, you, you recognize you're kind of in a position where you're, you're, you're transitioning and, right. and you're looking at windows. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it will, it will be art. It yeah. will definitely still be definitely. art. It will definitely still be wearable art and jewelry. But I really, I love ceiling sculptural work now. Mm. So, Think of a a light fixture hanging from your ceiling Mm -hmm. or because when you go in the Kansas City Museum, that piece is actually on, it's a couple feet down, like a foot down from the ceiling, Mm -hmm. but it's ceiling work. Mm -hmm. So I have a client now that wants me to do a small version of that on her ceiling. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. I don't know where it's going to lead, Who but cares? I'm open. Oh, I'm open for it. Have you ever seen Dale Chihuly? I yeah. mean, oh come my on, gosh, the glass come on now. Blower. Yes, Who Chihuly. Makes, like <laughs> giant fantasy ponds on the ceiling. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where you was gonna yeah. go with that? Who so knew? you've got like a whole world open to you. I'm only I'll be 55 in a couple weeks, so <laughs> I got great. plenty of time. Yeah, but now you got experience. Now you know what to do with it. Yes, yes, so I do. That's that's do. cool. And I'm forever learning too. 
Well, and you've got um, one of the things that I really loved about Kansas City coming up here. Um, there's there's a huge artist community. Yes. So yes. you've got a lot of people and opportunities that, mm-hmm. that you can like dig into and mm-hmm. and connect with here. Right. What yeah. are um what are some of the things that you see on the horizon for the city itself? Like there's a lot of stuff going on right now with like the, the stadium controversy, who's going right. to go where. Right. But in terms of a city and its um and its potential, what does that look like for you? Like Well, I just like the fact that Kansas City is so open to uh entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what your your job is, they're open to entrepreneurs, and we have a very supportive community. You're seeing, uh, for me, there's always going to be box stores mm-hmm. out there, but you're going to see more um, more mom pops come back. I think, yeah, and and at least trying it. I hope so. At least trying it, and it could be a collaborative effort of several businesses coming together. But um, I don't. I don't really know um, the pulse of that because I spend so much time in studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't really say. Okay. But I just know that we're a very supportive community, and to local. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. sometimes that's enough. Yeah, like just having that yeah. there and and some of those support pieces. Um, how do you repro- uh, Excuse me. <clears throat> how do you approach collaboration? Um, and fostering unity within this community. <laughs> so I'm collaborating with an artist right now on a, he's a found objects, found objects artist. Mm-hmm. He does all types of work. And um, October 20th at the art house, we're going to have three pieces of work on models, on pedestals. One is a, a skirt made out of paper mm-hmm. and a paper necklace. That's just going to be incredible. You're going to be blown away in a jacket. So I approach collaboration with what I meet for me because of what I'm doing. When I meet artists um, and get a feel for them, just talk to them and see what are you thinking. There's I have about four collaborations going on right now, mm-hmm. but the one in October 20th will be the first one that actually comes out. And is that going to be at your studio? It's going to be at the studio. Okay. So, so I want to make sure Ur- we get that. Yeah, in Urban Art House. But um, one of the things for me when I approach collaboration, it doesn't even have to be within the arts. Mm-hmm. It could be um, with a different foundation mm-hmm. to see how I can support them. And I consider those collaborations as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. What's your favorite one to work with? Uh, wait, let me take that back. I, mean, I can't ask that <laughs> Don't question. Don't do that. I can't ask that question. <laughs> Please, I wouldn't answer you. No, that's not a fair question. Okay. But um, I, did, I am going to do something different this year. Come 2024, um, because I have donated works of art to so many organizations, and um, I've compiled my list, and then I have a client that does a lot of community service work, She's getting a list. We're going to put those two together, and I'm going to have a client come in and draw from it. Beautiful. So it's not necessarily, okay, this is what Clarissa always does, you know, guarantee that she's going to donate to this organization. Mm -hmm. There's so many organizations that are deserving. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to do things, change it up a little bit. Okay, so we're going to see you in a lot more 
spaces mm-hmm. maybe where we haven't seen you I before. Haven't seen you before. That's yes. exciting. Yeah, that'll be that, exciting. That's going to open up a whole new a whole new wash door of and, eyes and a, a few few new eyes. Um, yeah, it'll be some new eyes for for you, uh, Clarissa. What's one of the things that you love most about Kansas City? What's your go to happy thing about this city? My go-to happy, happy, happy world of Kansas City is all the parks and trails that we have. Really, that is my that is my thing. Yeah, because I love to walk. Yep. So uh, we have some great trails. Like there's one uh, Line Creek mm-hmm. that is an amazing trail that will take you up to on the other side of 152 Highway here in Kansas City on the Northland all the way down past the Argosy down into Parkville. Oh, wow. In Parkville, Missouri. So it just takes you all these different places that you would never know. So wow. it's the trails here. Okay. And I'm always finding a new trail, a new path to walk. Either I haven't rode my bike much this summer, but because of the heat. It's a bit hot. Um, but um, but finding, finding the trail system here and then picking up, oh, that sounded really bad. But picking up somebody on the trail to talk to. Yeah, I love doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you meet people out. Pick them up. (laughs) Similar interests here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Um, But no, I just, the, um, I really think that for me in Kansas City, just finding the new restaurants Mm -hmm. is always fun. Mm -hmm. And Oh, I never heard of this restaurant. Let's let's go support them and check them out. Again, just to see the growth of Kansas City mm-hmm. and what we're doing and the potential. And um, it's like, yeah, I can't explain it. It's it's nice to be in a place that's that does things that's moving and the changes that you can see it evolves and grows and mm-hmm. adds to. It's a yes and right. Yes you and know, that's, yes and. Um, we found a accessible. Exactly. Exactly. We, we found a, um, Ethiopian place. Is it called blue Nile? We haven't got a try yet, but I'm like, it's Ethiopian. It's good. It's (laughs) good. It's just something that, you know, unless you're kind of in the city, you don't always get access to that. Mm -hmm. And then you never get to meet those people or make those connections. So, right. All right. So I'm going to use this as a great segue into our. What's your favorite barbecue place? Best barbecue in Kansas City. So there's this controversy out there of all kinds of places. Um, but I'm going to have to go with what my guy likes. And that's Elsie's. Okay, Elsie's. Elsie's Barbecue. Elsie's Barbecue. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to have to add that to the bingo card. Mm-hmm. So really, this is just an... We're just using this as a mask to make okay. a barbecue documentary. We're just okay. gathering everybody's opinions on okay. the favorite barbecue places. Okay. And then we're going to make a documentary and just eat our way through the city. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Okay. But it has, brought, it has okay. been brought up. Um, one of the guys that uh, helps edit the podcast um, it, it was up here for a couple of uh, video serious. projects. I know. And he's like, I'll volunteer. I'll eat. I'll eat whatever. So. Yeah. Where's that? Who's done it? So yeah, Elsie's barbecue, their burnt ends. Okay. That's what I've heard. And that's what I would say. Okay. That's a good answer. Um, 
How do you, uh, I'm sorry, let me do this one instead. Are there any uh, local leaders or influencers in Kansas City that inspire you? Mm-hmm. Like who fires you up? Dr. Nicole Price. Hey. Dr. Nicole Price um, is the author of Spark the Heart. Okay. It's uh, the Empathy Revolution. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can't see local, can't see homegrown. All right. Yes. We'll have to uh, see if we can get on. I have another person just briefly um, that she is a powerhouse in the STEMS community, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Kisa Carruthers. Okay. She's a, um, an engineer, and she's always innovative and doing things with kids and steering them toward that. Yeah, that we need STEMS. that. And, yes, <laughs> we need that a lot. We need that. We need that. We need that a lot. So, um, those are two women that I am looking up to. Okay. Right now, what role do you hope to play in the future of Kansas City? You know, when the In Kansas City magazine came out, and Katie Van Lunchen gave me a call and said that they want you for fashion, I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I am a innovator and influencer. Really? Wow. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. Okay. Next time we interview, we'll do a reflect back on. A reflect back. And you'll get to go, you know, I didn't know the answer then, but I know the answer now. Yeah. Just gonna plant that little seed there. Let okay. you work on that for okay. a year or two. Let me chew, let me chew on that for a couple <laughs> of years. Would you recommend any local events or organizations or places that people should know about in Kansas City? Of course, I'm gonna tag Inner Urban Art House. Okay, my studio. Come by, and that's a, open by. to the public. It's open to the public. Okay, eight zero zero one Newton, downtown Oakland Park. I mean, it's not. It's Kansas City, but you know, it's, it's all it's Kansas, Kansas City. City. It's all Kansas City. Um. That and um, definitely anything in the crossroads, anything down there. Um, another local local business, um, Birdie's Lingerie. Okay. Peregrine Honig is an, incre- an incredible artist yeah. and owner of okay. that space. Um, and it's down in the crossroads, too. Okay. So. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for that. And You're thank welcome. you for your time You're for coming welcome. out. And You're so welcome. Chatting with two crazy people who are just trying to <laughs> share something awesome this that they was, found. This was awesome. This was so oh, late. So, so late. It. So late back. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't so so late back. Thank you for listening to the KC Leaders Podcast. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen. For more information about this podcast, you can visit KCLeadersPodcast.com. And don't forget to check out our other great podcasts like The Buck Stops Here, streaming now on all major platforms and at thebuckstopsherepodcast.com.